To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. So happy 2019, everyone. I hope your 2019 is off to a little better start than ours. We all got the flu, influenza A, last week. It started with my daughter and I, then both boys got it, and then my husband, after the last of us, after my oldest had broken his fever, 24 hours later, he, my husband, went down. It's now over 72 hours later, and he's still totally down for the count. So I was too sick last week to get the episode out. So all of my best intentions flew out the window. So I'm now one week behind for episodes. So if you got an email from Amy with your podcast date for your question, you'll just need to push that one week. Now, any new questions going forward will get the updated dates for the release. Before I get to the questions this week, I'm just curious, is anyone watching? Okay, probably a lot of you. Maybe the question is, who isn't watching Tidying Up on Netflix? I've only seen two episodes. I watched it while I was sick. 
and I'm excited to get to some more. And I sent an email out to the newsletter group with some tips for six different parenting resolutions, including the ones I'm focusing on this year. One of them being working on ratcheting up the kid's level of responsibility. But I also realized that part of the success of that has to do with being more organized. How can I work with the kids on taking on responsibility for their homework, for putting their stuff away, their expectations around the house, if I'm not on top of everything, their homework, tracking and remembering whose turn it is to unload the dishwasher, and everything that needs done around the house. If I'm constantly running around helping them search for missing shoes, I'm not on top of things and can't work well with them to take on their responsibilities. So, two things about this, and that is, First, obviously getting really organized with our schedule and our living space goes along with helping the kids develop more responsibility. Secondly, I shared a video about how I keep them organized after school, which affects and rolls over to our morning routine on my Instagram account at ironmom2020. So you can see that there. In addition to watching Tidying Up, you can also see the class on the website at yourvillageonline.com for family organization under the Modern Parenting tab if you're looking for some tips and tools for getting yourself organized with your family this new year. I cover everything from clothes to cars to toys to keys, meals, and more. So you can also see the class on chores and allowance as well as homework that covers these areas of raising responsible kids also on the website under the education section and the modern parenting tabs. Now, of course, a new class on raising responsible kids is in production. And now that we're coming through this terrible illness in our house, I'll be attacking the next three to four classes for release very soon. Okay, for today's questions, our two most popular areas of struggle again. The first is about a bedtime issue, and the second is about toddler aggression. So our first question from Nancy, who says, Hello, our twin boys, four years old, recently joined Big Brother, seven-year-old, in his bedroom. And since then, it has been a struggle for my older son and my husband and I. The problem is usually the twins. They start talking and start laughing and sometimes even get up from their beds to start playing. How can I keep them in their beds to sleep so Big Brother can get rest? We have a schedule for their bedtime that includes night snack, only fruit, bath or shower, depends on the weekday and the timing, brushing teeth, getting PJs on, story time, goodnight kisses, and blankets. This process could take an hour and a half max. By 8.15, they're all in bed but they don't stay there. What can I do when I have one or two kids disturbing older brother? I have removed toys from the room, not stuffed animals on their beds to prevent them from talking and playing with the items, but it still fails because they have each other and they feed off each other's energy. Please help. Separate rooms is not an option. Is not an option. We have a two bedroom house. Now, Nancy has a great handle on the bedtime routine, but the struggle with more than one is real. Having a similar configuration, but with our oldest a little closer in age, it was a bit crazy in our house until I got a handle on this, so I do remember that. Here's the key that I learned. You have to divide and conquer. Now for us, with only 20 months between the oldest and the younger two, it was more like having three pretty much the same age, but still a lot of similarities. So the first thing is to get the younger two down earlier and asleep before taking big brother to bed. Now, since you have these two in the same room, you may need to get creative. 
I know it's actually three, but I mean the two younger ones. So since you have the younger two together, you may need to get creative with bedtime and figuring out how to divide and conquer with these two. Putting them to bed 15 to 20 minutes apart. Switching nights with who goes earlier, something like this. Now, although it's best to do bedtime routines, to finish the bedtime routine in the bedroom for the last 15 to 20 minutes or so, in order to get them to settle down in their rooms, but it's just tough with two toddlers. Just like you said, they tend to feed off of each other. So another option is doing bedtime routine in the room for each one every other night and the other one in the parents' bedroom. So just figure out some ways that you can split them up and what's gonna work for you. The other option is a form of the check-in method. Now what you do is you tuck them in and you say goodnight and let them know that as long as they stay in bed, you will come back in and give them a back rub for a few minutes. Then you do this every five minutes. You go in every five minutes, give them a little back rub, stay up for a minute until they're both asleep. You leave after a minute and then come back five minutes later. Do this every five minutes. Then you spread it out. You spread it out to seven minutes apart every 10 minutes or so until they learn to stay in bed. But being honest, this is tough. With one kid, it's a much bigger incentive because some attention and a nice back rub from mom or dad can be a big enough incentive to stay in bed. But this same attention when confronted with playing, interacting with a sibling isn't going to hold the same level of novelty or excitement. So I would suggest getting them to bed separately for the time being. If one needs less sleep, that one can always go in later, or you can switch off the order on who goes first, or like I said, do bedtime routine in the parents' room with one and in the bedroom with the other and still not bring the other one in until the first one is asleep. Now, once one is asleep, the task becomes much easier. Then once both are asleep, then Big Brother can go into bed, as there is a decent age distance between them and it makes sense to everyone anyway. Now, if Big Brother's in the room and only one of them is asleep, you may be able to do that as well. Have one of the twins fall asleep and then have the other twin and Big Brother fall asleep at the same time if they can be in the same room without bugging each other, which it sounds like might also be an option for you. Basically, there's really no way to force them to stay in bed and keep them from playing short of sitting in there with them. And that's neither practical nor a good long-term solution. So with one at a time, then you can also implement the check-in to keep each child on track for staying in bed and falling asleep. So since you're doing one at a time, you could do the check-in method where you come in after five minutes, give a little back rub, leave, come back in five minutes, give a little back rub till the first one's asleep and then do the same with the second one. Now with this, you can also stagger their bedtime routine if you like. So the first one would have a bath, then teeth and PJs, and while the first one is getting their story, the second is starting the process with the bath, the teeth, and the PJs. And this way, they're already staggered by 15 to 20 minutes, whatever you need to do to stagger that in that 15 to 20 minute range. Now I know it prolongs the bedtime routine a bit, but it alleviates dealing with the issue of them interacting, which prolongs the whole bedtime process anyway. So at least this way, it's a more calm and stress-free bedtime rather than being stressful after you've got everybody ready for bed. Within time, they will all be able to go to bed and fall asleep without being separated, but for now, this is the easiest way because they're just really young. Now, I'm sure you've noticed when you have three kids that once you go somewhere with two, it's so different, so easy. One kid, it's like heaven. 
They're so cooperative and engaging when they aren't distracted by a sibling giggling, rustling, checking things out at the store, etc. So separate these little buggers and bedtime will go much smoother. They won't be feeding off of each other. Now the next question is from a mom about dealing with aggression in toddlers and preschoolers. So I'll get to her question right after a word from our sponsor. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads. Love where you live. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Now that we're back from the break, on to the next question from Ray who asks, I'm wondering if you could share a few examples of age-appropriate consequences for aggressive behavior. In an earlier podcast, you gave the example of a seven-year-old not getting to go to a birthday party he'd been looking forward to after hitting. But what would be an immediate appropriate consequence for a two-year-old who kicks his baby sister, a three-year-old who hits a sibling, a four-year-old who tries to hit or kick a parent, a five-year-old who, etc.? 
a few specific concrete examples of an appropriate consequence for aggression would be really helpful. Thank you. Okay, so this is a great question. We all need those examples. Um, so a two-year-old, you want to remove the child from the area, the toddler from the area, and do a two-minute time in. You want to talk about why we don't kick, why we don't throw a toy or what have you. We want to talk about how kicking hurts or talk about how you could break the toy or how it might hit someone and hurt them. How do you feel when you get kicked? Does it feel good or does it hurt? Now, two-year-olds do not have empathy yet, not even started. They haven't even started developing any empathy yet. So this is going to take some patience and some understanding that they're not going to understand it yet. It doesn't start developing until the age of three and then it takes years. Two-year-olds are unable to put themselves into the place of the other for the most part. So this is just the very beginning of teaching empathy skills. So it's important to keep this in mind with toddlers that they aren't being deliberately mean. They just know they feel mad or jealous or what have you, and so they react to those feelings. They know their own feelings and understand those, but understanding other people's feelings is just really far away at this point. Now, coaching can and should include appropriate ways to share emotions. So letting your child know how to say, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. And it's also important to let the toddler know that he or she will not be allowed to play in the same room with the other child or infant or whoever that they just hurt or tried to hurt for the next 15 minutes. Now the other thing to just keep in mind with toddlers and babies is they shouldn't be left without very close supervision due to this very reason that at two and three and even for some kids into four are not ready to be around a baby unattended and be expected to act appropriately, as in always remembering to only touch the baby gently. Sometimes they might just get a little rough just trying to play rough, but they may hit or hurt or pinch or squeeze or scratch a baby um, because they're mad, and that's very normal behavior, not appropriate. You'll teach better behavior, but we can't expect them to just know how to be empathetic and kind and gentle at these really young ages. Now the same goes for three-year-olds and the sibling as the example you gave. You wanna give a time in with coaching about feelings and coaching empathy. How do you feel when someone hits you? That kind of thing. So you'll go through the same type of scenario. Now a four-year-old, by four, it's still common to act out aggressively, but they are also learning to have more control. So the coaching should show improvements quickly. It's still a time in with coaching for four minutes about feelings. I know you were feeling frustrated, but kicking hurts. I don't like to be kicked. If it happens again, I will get up and walk away because I don't want to play with you if you kick. If it happens while you're trying to do something like get them to put their shoes on, you want to coach about the feelings and kicking the same as before. I know you're angry about getting your shoes on, but we don't kick. Kicking hurts and I don't like it. You need to use your words. Now you wanna coach them to use their words. So you're sitting there doing your time in and you're coaching and you're teaching them to say, I'm angry or I'm frustrated. Then you wanna say, let's practice. You wanna get your toddler or preschooler to say, I'm angry. Now they may not be angry in that moment. They're probably not because they're calmed down and you're coaching them, but you say, let's practice. Let me hear you tell me how you're angry. Or let me hear what you would say when you're angry. 
and get them to start practicing because when they practice during the calm times, it means when they're upset, it will start to kick in and they'll start to use that instead of reacting physically. Now, when these types of things are issues, this is where it's important to take note and use other means going forward to get cooperation, like choices, like which shoes do you want to wear? Where should we put on your shoes, on the floor or on the couch? With toddlers, it's sometimes necessary to just get them to the car even in a state of frustration. If you're in some kind of a hurry or if they've thrown a big tantrum and now it's just time to go. So whether you pick up the shoes and the toddler and get them both to the car and deal with the shoes when you get to the location or offer the no choice choice, which is do you want to put on your shoes by yourself or do you want me to do it for you? These are the last ditch options when they refuse to cooperate. Now we do our best to keep ourselves safe from their fits and kicking of hitting and when they do, we're going to coach them. If there is a consequence that can relate, such as an outing where they were going to meet their friends at the park or the plan was to get to the park after the errand, then that's a consequence, taking that away. I need you to put your shoes on so we can run our errand and then go to the park. If you don't get your shoes on now, I will not be able to take you to the park afterwards because we're gonna run out of time. Now there are millions of different scenarios, of course, but hopefully this is enough to get your creativity rolling and moving. One thing I recommend in the class on power struggles is to write down any common struggles. Brushing teeth, getting shoes on, staying at the table for mealtimes, whatever common struggle you are having in your house. How you're handling it now, and then what things you can do differently. What choices you could use, remembering to use positive reinforcement when your child complies, and any consequences, logical, negative, logical, positive, or natural, that you can use in these moments. And I go more into those types of consequences and how to use those in the consequences class, of course, which is in the discipline section on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Also, the Power Struggles class is there as well. Now, by five, the hitting and kicking should be very rare, and at five and over is when we can get more serious. And age two, three, and four, we're really just helping them, we're coaching them through it, we're teaching them better ways to behave, better ways to react, and this is when they're gonna learn, and they're gonna practice, and they're gonna try, it's gonna start to come in, but they're not gonna be great at it. But by five, we expect them to be much, much better at controlling their emotions. So. A child has a better memory at five, so we can use longer term consequences as well. So if a five-year-old kicks a parent, we can take away a play date or some screen time. Now it's better to make it related, a logical consequence whenever possible, but the message to kids five and above is that aggression will not be tolerated. And so getting more strict with consequences is acceptable, but it's still important to do the coaching first having your child share feelings, talking about how kicking and hitting hurts, and asking what he or she could do differently the next time. Then you can go to the consequence, since by five, a child should definitely have better skills, and we expect better skills by then. Particularly if it's something you've been working on with them throughout their toddlerhood, like the twos, threes, and fours. But even if you just started a few months earlier, they should have it down pretty well and need to know it's just not how we respond when we get angry. Now, before I sign off today, I wanted to take a minute to thank everyone for their support. New listeners, longtime listeners, all those following me on social media, those of you who tell your friends about the podcast and the classes, and of course, my wonderful website customers. Thank you to all of you. 
You know, everyone tells you how hard of a grind entrepreneurship is, especially those who have, for lack of a better term, made it. You know, you see their success, or I see their success, and I think everybody does this, and it seems to come so easily to them. But what you don't see is the years of grind behind where they are now. Now, I would have given up many times if it weren't for the support of my amazing followers, listeners, and customers. Now, I'm still in the heart of the hustle and the grind and learning and trying to figure this whole thing out, and it is tough. And this past week has been especially difficult, you know, with the slow end of the year sales-wise and then feeling ready to just get to work hard and make this all happen and really hit it and my whole family just gets knocked out with the flu. And here I am trying to recover and take care of three sick kids and I missed out on my podcast, which I hate doing. And lo and behold, I get one of those great thank yous that keep me going during the tough days and weeks like I just had and reminds me why I do what I do. And I keep working to make a name for myself and let great parents know that I am here for them. And Danya sent me this lovely note. I just wanted to say how helpful your videos have been. They honestly have saved me from breaking down. I have now implemented one night a day with my husband when we watch your videos, and this has helped us start the conversations that we were not having. One of the things I struggle is educating my husband about expectations and normal behavior, and the fact that he hears it from an expert has really helped. We have a lot to learn and implement, but I feel more confident now. Thank you. And I just want to say thank you to you, Danya, for making my week and pulling me up out of my place I was in when I was really struggling and sick and taking care of my family. So thank you so much for that. These types of notes and letters really make a huge difference to me and really make my day and my week. So there's many others who have sent me letters and it literally just, it lights me up and makes me feel so good. It makes me know why I do what I do. So if you have something um, encouraging to say to me, I certainly welcome it. So thank you all. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Thank you.